0: After the sermon, we will sing from Psalm 33 to Stanzas 1 and 6. Beloved congregation of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, brothers and sisters, and that includes you, boys and girls, for I want to begin by asking you a question. Suppose somebody gives you something very precious. What do you do with it? Let's say somebody gives you a beautiful dress. Or a brand new bike. Do you then lock it away in your closet in your bedroom. So that only on special occasions you can look at it once in a while. Of course not. You will want to wear the dress. And you will want to ride the bike. You want to use it and you want to show it to your friends. What does this have to do with this Lord's Day? Well I'll tell you. God's name is something like that. It's very precious. God's name refers to who he is. When you were baptized as a child, then God's name was even put on your forehead so that you may know that you belong to him. God gives you his name as something very precious which you must use. How do you do that? How do you use the name of God? And why should you use it? That's what I will preach to you about this afternoon. I will preach to you about the precious name of God. And then we, must, then we see that we must treat his name as precious, first of all, in our personal lives, and secondly, in our public lives. I will preach to you about the precious name of God. We must treat his name as precious, first, in our personal lives, secondly, in our public lives. Names are important if you know someone's name, then you can have access to his or her power or influence. If you were on a personal name basis with the Prime Minister of Canada, for example, then you would have access to his power and influence. Friends do things for each other they help each other, they listen to each other, they have a connection. And for that reason, we also like to be introduced to new people. The more people you know, the more doors that are open to you. And the better you know a person, the more you will also be able to interact with him. It's a wonderful thing that you may take the name of God upon your lips. Your children can also do that with regard to your father and mother, can't you? When you need something, that you can call on them, and they will provide you with everything that you need. Your father and mother can also give you food and drink. Can you imagine if you could not call upon your father or your mother? You couldn't do without them, especially when you're small. Well, multiply that by a trillion times, a trillion times. You certainly cannot do without your Father in heaven. He is an almighty God. And you know what? You can call upon His name anytime you want. And that's what makes His name so precious. God has made His name known to you. And there is no more important name than the name of the Lord your God. His name refers to what He stands for. He is the almighty creator, the great provider, The sustainer of the universe. For he is the one who provides you with everything you need for body and soul. He is also the one who gives you the wonderful gift of salvation through his son, Jesus Christ. It's our father in heaven who also gives us a wonderful future. As a matter of fact, without him, you would have no life. Without him, you would have no future. Without him, we would be in the grip of Satan, and we would share Satan's destiny, which is hell and damnation. It's no wonder that in Psalm 145, David speaks about how great the name of the Lord God is. The whole psalm is a psalm of praise to the name of God. David does what Jesus commanded us to do in his Lord's Prayer. He hallows God's name. Now that word, that verb, to hallow, may sound strange, especially in the ears of some of the younger members of this congregation. It's not a word we use in our everyday language. It's not a word you will find in the newspapers or in magazines. It's a word that is... Exclusively used in connection with God. The basic meaning of the word is to make or to treat as holy. When you treat God's name as holy, then you elevate his name above everything else. Above everything that is sinful and that is prone to decay and destruction. God's holiness refers to his absolute incorruptibility. It also refers to his everlastingness. And that Almighty God gives us his name upon our lips to use. He wants us to hallow him. He wants us to treat him as someone who is most important because he is. It is for that very reason that he created heaven and earth and everything in it. He put the whole creation into existence for his own honor and glory. And that is why the catechism also tells us that the hallowing of God's name has to do with the right knowledge of God. Hallowed be your name. That is, grant us first of all that we might rightly know you and sanctify glorify and praise you in all your works God created everything he also created you one word and a whole creation came into existence and there you see the almighty power of God and then the catechism also mentions his wisdom As you will remember from the sermons in Ecclesiastes, wisdom has to do with ability and skill. Is there anyone more skillful than God? Is there anyone who is wiser than he? Soon it will be spring. The trees and the flowers will blossom. Crops will start springing out of the ground. Who does that? God Almighty. Think about how God put everything together. He is the one who created the fluctuating seasons and the paths of the moon and the stars. He is the one who brings order out of chaos. The catechism also mentions his goodness. When God made everything, he said that it was very good. And God is also good because no evil is found in him. And next, the catechism speaks about His righteousness. The word righteousness has the word right in it. God does everything right. He never makes a mistake. And He is also just. That means that He is totally trustworthy. You can depend on His word and His promises. And what about His mercy? Man plunged this creation into sin Man himself became an object of pity. The whole universe became subject to destruction and decay. But God is merciful. He continues to gather a people around him to praise his name. And he recreates them in his image. And this world he is going to restore to its former perfection. God's mercy is shown through his son Jesus Christ who made that all possible and he made you and me part of that glorious plan of salvation and redemption and recreation. And finally the catechism mentions God's truth. This world is full of lies. Our own lives are full of lies. It's quite depressing and disheartening. It becomes difficult to live in a world like this. But then the Lord our God, who has given His name upon our lips, is the God of absolute truth. And it is in this way that He has made His own name holy. And do you know what a wonderful thing thing about this is, brothers and sisters, boys and girls? He is your God, and you can call upon him anytime you want. Oh, well, sure, he does not answer you in the same way as your father or your mother would. He does not have a conversation back and forth with you. And do you know why that is? That is because of his holiness. Remember what holiness means. It means that he is elevated above everything that is sinful. But that does not mean that he is not involved in your life. That does not mean that you cannot talk to Him. Listen to what David says in this psalm. He says that He is near to all those who call upon Him. And so that does not mean that He does not speak to you either. He speaks to you through the pages of the Bible. That's how God reveals Himself to you. And if you want confirmation of what the Bible says to you, then just look around you. Look at the wonderful creation. Look at the wonderful gift of life that God has given to you. You didn't evolve from some tiny organism. It's incredible that there are actually people who believe that. He created you, and He also provides you with everything you need. Now, this may leave you with a question. God also gives life and food And drink to unbelievers doesn't he what now is the difference between me and them is the only difference between them and us that we go to church and that we pray for our meals that's a difficult question by and large we are not any different from other people we also put our pants on one leg at a time we also brush our teeth in the morning and we drive to work or get on the school bus. We live in the same kinds of houses. We get sick just like the rest of them. We go to the doctor and the hospital for healing. We also have our up and down days. We wear the same kinds of clothes. Just like many of our friends, we try to be nice to others and to work hard and to study hard. What's the difference between them and us? As I said, it's a difficult question. And yet, the answer is very simple and very straightforward. Listen, think about David. We just read from his psalm. What kind of a man was he? He was not really any different than anybody else, was he? He also received his food and drink from God. He also dressed like everyone else and had the same kinds of routines. He also had his up and down days. He did many good things. He also did some awful things. He wasn't really any different. But now look at this psalm that he wrote, whose name is written above it. It says that it is a song of praise of David. And then in that psalm he acknowledges what a great and wonderful creator God is. How awesome God's works are. And how gracious and how compassionate he is. Slow to anger and rich in love. He speaks about how the Lord God opens his hand to satisfy the desires of every little, of every living thing. It is a song of praise. To God. And so in other words, David is different in this respect in that he gives praise to God's name. He holds God's name high. He hallows God's name. You see, that's what makes him different. And that's what makes you and me different as well. At least the church This Lord's Day has to do with prayer. And the Lord God wants us to have things in the right order when it comes to prayer. When you pray, the first thing you do in your prayer is to hallow God's name. That's why that is the first petition. In other words, you hold his name high and you praise him for all his words and deeds. Let me ask you, do you also do that in your personal prayers? Fathers and mothers, young people and children. What's the first thing you think about when you pray? Do you think first about the things that you need and that others need? Well, God wants you to pray about those things, but not first. What is the first thing you do in the morning when you get out of bed? Now, you wash yourself first, don't you, before you get dressed? You don't first put on your clothes and then jump into the shower, do you? Of course not. First things first. First you wash yourself and then you dry yourself off and then you get dressed. That only makes sense. Well, it only makes sense when you pray to your Father in heaven that you first praise Him for His goodness and for His greatness and for His loving kindness. You praise God for giving you the gift of life For the fact that He has made you His child in spite of the fact that you sin against Him all the time. It's only then that you come with your own needs. And that's why the Lord's Prayer is divided in the way that it is. First, we give honor to God's name. It's only when we do that that we can think about what we need. But you do not just hallow God's name in private. You do not just hallow God's name in a quiet room of the house where you can silently pray to him. You do not hallow God's name either by just going to church every Sunday. No, the catechism gives a clear explanation of what it means to hallow his name with your whole life. The catechism teaches us in accordance with God's word that our words and our deeds, that our words must always be in accordance with our actions. Otherwise, your words have no meaning. Your prayer would mean nothing at all if you don't also do what you say in your prayer. You cannot keep your life with God private the politicians of the day would like you to do that. So would the worldly company the the worldly company that you work for and the militant union. All of them would like us to worship quietly in our own closed facilities somewhere, and for the rest go along with the world. They want you to keep quiet. They don't want you to act like a Christian. They want you to keep your religion to yourself. And for some of us that's just fine. On Sundays we can show our pious faces to our friends in church and in our homes to our family members. But what we do at work and at play is something completely different. And then we go along with the greedy and wicked practices of our fellow workers and worldly friends. What we do in church and in the privacy of our own homes is completely separate of what we do at work and at play. Well, Listen to what the catechism says. To hallow God's name means that you so direct your whole life, your thoughts, your words, and your actions, so that God's name is not blasphemed because of you, but always honored and praised your whole life. That's the difference between an unbeliever and you. Oh, sure, in a lot of ways you're not different from your worldly crew workers and your friends and neighbors. And in our conduct, we are not always that different either. There are some very nice and moral people out there yet who do not believe. Some of them are even nicer and kinder than some of your brothers and sisters in the Lord. But the difference is that whatever those unbelievers do, they do not do it to the honor and glory of God. They do not hold God's name high. They do not humble themselves before Him. And even though we may work with these unbelievers and play with them and do all kinds of other things with them, ultimately they are totally different from you and from me. And do you know why that is? That is because they do not live their lives to the honor and glory of God. And so let me ask you a question. How different are you from the people of the world? Do you live a different life? Is your private life that you show to your family and to your brothers and sisters in the Lord different from your public life? If that's the case, then you are on very dangerous ground. Young people, let me ask you, where do you seek your marriage partner? Do you seek him or her Amongst believers or unbelievers? And what about the money that you earn? What is foremost on your mind when you get your paycheck? To look after your own needs? To first pay off your personal debts, your mortgage, your car loan, your furniture, your entertainment. And then, if there is something left, you give it to the Lord. Think about the kinds of things you spent your money on. Also, you young people who just started to make a living, how much do you spend on clothes, on entertainment, on transportation, on yourself? And then, how much do you have left for the Lord? And what about the way in which you spend your time? Think about what keeps you busy during the week, the kinds of things that you make time for, sports, sports. Hobbies, watching movies. Do you have any time left for God's kingdom? You do not have to be an elder or a deacon or a minister to be busy in God's kingdom. And there are many things for you to do. Let me ask you, how much room is there in your agenda to visit the sick and the lonely and the elderly? Everybody in each age group has some time to contribute to the work of God's kingdom. Also the elderly, rather than waiting for visits, they can go out visiting themselves if they are mobile. And if they are not mobile, they can pick up a phone or write a note to encourage those in need of their wisdom and insight and compassion. Brothers and sisters, boys and girls, you must hallow God's name with all of your life, with all of your possessions, and with all of your time. It's all about God's honor. And don't think that you have to do these things in your own strength. Remember what I said at the beginning, because God has revealed His name to us. We have access to Him, and therefore we have access to all the things that he has to offer us. Do you know what the most important thing is that he gives you? His precious word. And remember, his word is powerful. It is inspired. That means that it came about by the breath of God. Through God's word you receive God's life-giving breath, God's life-giving spirit. Through God's Word, you are made a new creature. You are born again. Through God's Word, you are empowered to prophesy about what God has done, about what God is doing right now, and about what God will be doing in the future. Do you know what's going to happen to this creation of which you are a part? God is going to bring this creation to a glorious end. The world... Has to know this. For it is not a glorious end for those who do not obey His Word. For them it will be a terrible end. And therefore you must also proclaim God's Word, not just in your talk, but also in your walk. For when you live a godly life, then you represent God because His name is on your forehead. People know who you are. They know you go to church. They know that you call yourself a Christian. And therefore they watch you. When you set yourself up as different from the people of the world, then they will also take notice. And that gives you the opportunity to hallow God's name, to make his name great. It gives you the opportunity to tell others about how great God is and how they too can know His name. You may introduce God's name through your words and actions to others so that they too can have access to Him. And when you have access to that name, then you are greatly blessed indeed. God's name is precious. God's name is precious Because if you know his name, you can access all his goodness. And then you will receive God's blessings, not only in this life, but also in the life to come, forever and ever. Hallowed be God's name. Amen.